Hey and welcome. I'm, I'm so uh, grateful that you guys take the time to watch these Digging Deeper videos and um, pray that they're blessing you in your group time and, and hopefully it's it's spurring some conversation that, that's um, causing some thought maybe to change and, and certainly opening your eyes. But more importantly, just um, making your soul permeable, making it porous so that God can infuse himself into it and draw you deeper into himself as well. We talked about uh, John 21 verses 15 through 19, Peter and Jesus having breakfast after um, the resurrection and uh, Jesus asking Peter, do you love me? And hopefully you remember we talked about the two different words in the Greek that are used there. And and um, if you're kind of like me and sometimes you just get fascinated by things and you want to look it up. You can uh, go to any good interlinear Bible and look at John 21 through 15, uh, 15 through 19, and, and look at it in the Greek with the English right there, and you'll see those two different words, which is also helpful because if you Google that, you can click on that word and get a better sense of the difference in the definitions of those two words, phileo and agape. But we, we kind of talked through that Sunday and, and uh, the invitation that Jesus is giving to Peter, the, the desire to have Peter love him fully, and yet Peter in his brutal honesty and vulnerability before Jesus saying, yeah, I kind of don't have that in me right now. The best I can offer is, is this affection, this kind of friendship. Um, and I can't really go to the place of total selfless love towards you. And so if you remember that, that kind of brought us to the point of realizing that we have to examine ourselves before Jesus. We have to lay open our hearts and our minds. We have to do that Romans 12 thing, explore our thoughts and be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We have to take every thought captive to the same type of obedience that Jesus had to the Father. And, and as we do that, we sit before Jesus vulnerable. We sit before Jesus in a way that says, um, I'm going to lay aside all of the pretense and the ego and just be my, fully myself before you. I'm going to come to you with what I have. And, and really, that's the theme that we see in so many of the Psalms that were written. And, and that's uh, where we're going to start with uh, Palm Sunday and then transition through Easter. We're going to begin to go into the Psalms because that's a place where uh, the writers of the Psalms just get honest before God. And, and yes, they want to know God's truth, but they also have their emotions that they have to deal with in the context of God's truth. That's kind of what's happening here with Peter and Jesus. Um, Jesus is inviting Peter to look into himself and be honest with him about his feelings and his emotions and his thoughts and what's there. But he's also not afraid to give him the truth of God in, in his vulnerability and openness. And, and so that's why we get, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Tend my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. The, the openness and the vulnerability to God's truth. So, so Jesus is telling Peter, look, you've been invited in as one of the 12, one closest to me, one who's going to carry my message to the entire world for, for millennia to come. And in that, I need to know how you feel towards me, but I also need you to know 
that the reality of God is that there is a vocation, there is work to do. And, and that idea of a vocation is here's your life's work in Christ. And, and so that all comes together at this breakfast with Peter and Jesus. And then I want to get into verse 18 that we really didn't get into Sunday. But listen to this. Jesus is talking to Peter after he says to him the third time, do you love me? Do you phileo me? And Peter says, yes, you know all things. You know I phileo you. And then Jesus says, feed my sheep. And then he tells Peter this, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. So remember we talked about in Luke 5 where Peter and Jesus first encounter each other, where Peter first follows Jesus. He, he, Jesus tells him, follow me, leave behind everything else, come follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. And here he is back, a fisher of fish again, and Jesus tells him exactly what's going to happen to him in his old age. So, so verse 19, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And then right after that, he says, follow me. So you think about it. Jesus is saying, do you love me more than anything else? And Peter goes, well, yeah, I love you kind of like a friend, like a brother. And then Jesus goes, okay, I get it. You love me like a brother, but do you at least love me like that? And Peter goes, yes, you know I love you like that. Okay, here's your answer. Here's the things I need you to do. And now let me tell you what the end result's going to be. And then we get verse 19. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Come follow me. So you, you love me. I'll take what you're offering. I need you to do these things. Take care of my sheep. Feed them. Be, be one of the people who is witnessing and shepherding my people. As I go, you will do that. And here's how you're going to die. And then the question, the statement, just come follow me. I would say that Jesus's recruiting program may not be the best recruiting program in history. I want to put a high bar up here and I want you to pursue it, but I'm willing to help you move to it, to it if you can't reach that bar just yet. Then I got a command on you, tasks that you need to go do. Feed my sheep. And by the way, those tasks are very general and, and um, obtuse, and you're just going to have to figure out along the way. And then let me tell you how you're going to die, and now I need to know if you'll follow me. Here's the thing. Tradition says early church fathers wrote about Peter's death, and they say that Peter was crucified in Rome upside down that he refused to be crucified in the same manner that Jesus died. So he was hung feet first on a cross, nailed to it, and died that way. That's what Jesus is intimating to Peter right before he says, follow me. Here's the point. The, those first three questions that Jesus asked Peter all are leading to the place of Jesus telling Peter straight up, there is a cost to following me. 
And, and he does it in verse 18. When you were younger, you dressed yourself. You went where you wanted to go. But when you get older, you won't be able to wear whatever you want to wear and go wherever you want to go. Do you see what Jesus is inviting Peter into there? He's inviting Peter into death to self. He's inviting Peter into saying, look, you're going to live for me and me alone. You're going to be crucified with me spiritually, psychologically, and even physically for Peter. And it's going to be no longer you who lives, but I who live in you. He's telling Peter, inviting Peter into what Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20. And Peter has to make a decision in that. And, and that decision is going to be a decision that he'll have to make over and over and over again throughout his life. Here's the interesting thing about the tradition of Peter's crucifixion. Early church fathers told the story this way. Peter was in Rome. He knew they were trying to catch him, to, to put him to death. And so he tried to sneak out of the city. And as he was leaving Rome, he's walking outside of Rome, he encounters Jesus carrying a cross going into Rome. And Peter looks at Jesus, according to early church fathers, and says, where are you going, Lord? And Jesus says, I'm going back to Rome to do what you will not do. And at that point, Peter turned around and went back. And then when they went to crucify him, he said, yeah, you have to do it upside down because I'm not worthy to die the same manner of death that my Lord died. Here's the point. Discipleship, growing intentionally in Christ, always leads to death to self. It's just that simple. It always leads us to a place where I am nothing and He is everything. Where I become significantly insignificant and He becomes overwhelmingly significant. That's what this whole conversation is about. That's what the conversation around the breakfast table with Peter was about. Getting Peter to a place where he can say, you know what? I know I still want to matter. I know I still want to be somebody. I know I still have this ego and this desire to, to be someone. But I'm willing to walk in a way that allows you to peel that off over time. Even to the point where my death will mean nothing to me. And so discipleship is the process of letting go of everything in us that is not of Jesus. That's why self-examination matters so much. That's why we have to look into ourselves before Christ and say, here I am. I'm going to come to you with honesty and vulnerability and acknowledge who I am in myself before you. Because if I don't do that, you will not be able to peel those things off. And so that's what we meant in the sermon when we talked about another yes we have to be able to say yes to Jesus in the next thing, in the next thing, in the next thing. Because those yeses go to deeper and deeper places in ourselves. And as we say yes to Him, those things begin to peel off. And so the invitation in discipleship is to align all of my affairs to, affairs to follow through on my decision to follow Jesus. As I do that, I have to look inward. I have to look at myself and say, Lord, this is all I have. This is all I can bring you right now. But I will put that in your hands. And you do with it what you will. But I also have to look to him and hear what he's inviting me into. 
In this case, he's inviting Peter into a, a life of selflessness, of dying to self, and then a death that is a similar death as Jesus, a horrific death. There is a cost to discipleship. The way we become the kind of people who can pay that cost is by valuing Christ more and more throughout our lives. Every yes that we say to Jesus reveals his value to us in a deeper way, which makes it more logical, more reasonable, and more possible to say the next yes. So I begin to trust him with my circumstances. Yeah, that's easy. With my finances, okay, that's low-hanging fruit. But I also begin to trust him with my emotions, with my health, with my goals and my desires and my plans. Eventually, hopefully, I get to the place where I even fully entrust him with my very life, knowing that there's nothing here that is worth nearly as much as him, even my own life. So I hope that's helpful. I hope that kind of invites you into thinking about Peter in a little different way. Um, the story of his death, you know, church fathers and some church historians wrote these accounts. Nobody has w written one solid account of it, but there are pieces together. You can research that a little bit if you'd like to look into it more. But, um, you know, that, that may be legend, that may be fact. We don't know. But uh, the idea of... Peter uh, not being able to dress himself and to be dressed by someone else and to have his hands stretched out and to have to walk where he doesn't want to walk sounds very much like a crucifixion, whether it was upside down or not. It sounds very much like his life culminated in a manner similar to Jesus's, where someone who does not have your best interest at heart has control over you. And the reality of that is that was never true for Jesus. It was never true for Peter. It's never true for us. Because God always has our best interest at heart. And even upside down on a cross, He still has control. Let me pray for you before you go into your groups. Father, we thank you so much for revealing your nature and your character and, and Jesus to us through this story of Peter and Jesus having breakfast. But also for revealing a pattern that we can follow in Peter's actions and works. Reminding us that Self-examination is going to bring us to a point of honesty and, and vulnerability before Jesus. And He's the safest person to be open and honest and vulnerable with. Because although He is very dangerous, He's safe. And just remind us of that. Teach us how to walk as Peter walked and walk in a way that He leads us, not in a way that we would desire to clothe ourselves in Christ, even when we want to clothe ourselves in self, and to just follow Him. We ask all that in Jesus' name. Have a great time in your groups, and hopefully your discussion is fruitful. Thanks a lot for watching.